Glory to God. Today is a day written down in glory, amen? It is an awesome day to be living in. Awesome day because we know that Jesus' return is at hand and we say, come Lord Jesus, put everything in order in the church, in our cities, in our nations. Your plan of eternity, Father, will never change. Your plans is forever settled in heaven, and we're walking it today. Father, thank you for the honor of standing in your presence in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us clean, and we are righteous in him. We love you. We adore you. Let it our praise and adoration today on earth as it is in heaven. We magnify you above everything else. We set our thoughts and eyes on you this morning. And nothing matters other than worshiping you and adoring you and blessing your name in this place. Thank you for the knowing of the Holy Spirit, Spirit on the inside of us. We know something. We know that being set free in the blood of Jesus. And we declare it on earth as it is in heaven, in the heavenlies. Everywhere our voices is heard, we declare that the blood has set us free. Hallelujah. Let's shout it and declare it, celebrate what the blood has done for us this morning. Oh, yeah. No turning back till I see him face to face. Amen, church. Glory to God. I know it. I know it. His blood has set me free. I've been delivered, forgiven. Fear has got no hold on me. I'm set apart. And say what you know. I know it. Declare the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has set me free. We declare healing. There is healing. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Salvation. Jesus, 
I could hear the sound of heaven shouting while they look at the blood. It says, glory to Jesus, glory to the Lamb of God, glory for the redemption in his sacrifice. We give you praise on the earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. We declare because of the blood, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue raised against us in judgment will condemn. Amen. With boldness of Christ, declare it in the earth today. Hallelujah. I do not fear what the devil may bring me. I am a son of God. You are a son of God. I am a son of God. Declare it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me shall fall. I do not fear what the devil may bring me. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. Declare it again. Before against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me shall fall. I do not fear what the devil may bring me. I am a son of God. Again. I am a son of God. There's a purpose for changing the words of the song. We are, when you're born again, you are children of the Most High God. He is our Father. But as we grow in the knowledge of Him and walk in the Spirit, we indeed be transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God, by His Word. We are the sons of God. For He said in His Word, Jesus died to bring many sons of glory. Declare it with boldness. You are a son of God. Hallelujah. You are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head. You are the body. You are a member of Him. He is the head. And you are the body. Declare it. Your bone of his bones, your flesh of his flesh. He is the Son of God. You are a Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for making the way for us, Lord Jesus. Horabakini, you are moving in our midst. This is your church. This is your habitation. We came to see your power and glory in this place. We welcome you, Jesus. Oh, oh yeah. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in our midst. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you, Holy God. I worship you. Worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are my maker. 
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here touching every heart, Lord. You are here touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. I worship you. I worship you. You are here turning every life. You are here turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here mending every I worship you, you are waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are my maker, you are waymaker. Maker, declare it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 That is who are. That is who you are, Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Declare to church, Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. That's who you are, Lord. That's a confession, our faith, and faith in you and your faithfulness. That's who you are. God, the miracles, signs, and wonder. Your spirit inside of us is the mighty resurrection life that brings healing right now to the body of your people. The Holy Spirit is the helper, the deliverer, who brings soundness of mind right now in the name of Jesus. Bring clarity of direction in the name of Jesus. Bring refreshing by the power of the joy, of your joy, the joy of the Lord. Thank you. That's who you are. Deliverer, we give you praise in this place. We are the generation of the upright, your righteous people. We fall in worship before you, Lord. We sing the songs of ages to you, Lamb of God, who was worthy to open the scroll. Hallelujah. Oh, dear, 
present generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all have gone before us, and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. A thousand generations, including us. A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb, Jesus Christ is His name. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. His name is Jesus. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stand above them all, hallelujah, all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. cry with them. Sing, Lord. Hear your people sing. 
the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all hallelujah all thrones and the millions all powers and positions your name stands above them all jesus your name is the highest your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and the millions all powers and positions your name stands above them all angels cry holy all creations cry holy we join them you are lifted high holy holy forever the saints cry holy the saints right holy the creations right holy you are lifted high holy holy forever here you people sing lord your sons and daughters could you people sing Holy to the King of Kings. Holy, you will always be. Holy, holy forever. You will always be holy. You will always. again you'll always be holy you will always be holy holy forever again tell him you will always be holy holy will always be holy holy forever praise you, Jesus holy God holiness become your house we are your house we are your habitation hallelujah oh, honor and glory forever to you Arabakiyore, King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God. Be the honor and glory forever in our temples, in our gathering, in our cities, in our homes. The only God we have. We are our destiny now and in the everlasting time. Oh, yeah. 
king eternal immortal invisible the only god be the honor and glory forever and ever to you my lord to the king eternal immortal invisible the only god be the honor and glory Because the blood agrees that we are the redeemed of the Lord. 
the Spirit of God agrees that you are the redeemed of the Lord. And the Word of God declares that you are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? Praise God forevermore. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Well, bless the Lord. Now, just before we go to the message, I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and bless the Lord in our giving and um, with our tithes and so on. And at the end of this message today, um, I'm going to be teaching some stuff on healing. And I believe God, that the Spirit of the Lord and the grace of God and the anointing for healing will be released. So I'm going to be praying for you. If there is someone in your home that needs to be healed, then you make sure that they sit and listen to this message and that they're there when we pray at the end of the service. Amen? So get ready and believe God for healing. Anyone that you know needs to be healed, tell them go click in on this broadcast, whether it be through live stream or, or um, YouTube. God, Jesus is a healer. But anyway, right now we want to take this opportunity and bless the Lord with our giving. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, the information is on the screen. Proverbs chapter 8. Let me just read a few verses of scripture. It says, I love those who love me. Now, when you will give in your tithes and in your offering or in your first fruits, um, your love gifts, when you give, you are making a declaration. You are making a statement. Lord, I love you. Not only do I love you, but I love the work of the Lord, that this work of the Lord might go forth. I love the preaching of the gospel. So it says, God says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. God says, riches and honor are with me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The silver and the gold is God's. Amen? He says, riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. He says, my fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse, I travel, we're in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of justice. Now here's what he wants to do. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and that I may fill their treasures. Now I want to pray for your financial affairs, your financial life. I am just encouraging, now you're not, I'm encouraging you to give, I'm encouraging you to sow a seed, but as you sow a seed today, yes, you're expressing that you love God, but I want you to connect your faith with your seed. Perhaps there's a specific financial need in your life, release your faith for that need to be met. God said he's going to cause it to be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, he will cause men to give into your bosoms. On your part, you are releasing your seed in your giving, but you're also releasing your faith. And I'm going to believe God to perform his word where riches and honor that are with him will be released into your life. And that even as he will, and that he will guide you in the way of righteousness so as to cause you to inherit wealth and that he will fill your treasures. Amen? So for, and the instru instructions as to how you can give is on the screen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The instructions to give will be on the screen in a moment. But let me just pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that is giving right now. I'm asking in Jesus' name that there would be a fulfillment of your word. And that even as they're expressing their love for you in their giving, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would release riches. You would release blessings. You will release, Lord God, prosperity into their lives in Jesus' mighty name. I am asking, O oh Father, that you would guide them in the ways of righteousness in such a way that you will cause them to inherit wealth. And that wealth and riches and treasures will be in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And the instructions to give are on the screen. Yes, it is. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you, Father, for blessing your people and causing supernatural divine increase to take place in their lives, causing every need to be met according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. You see their seed, you see their need, and you see the supply to every need in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit of the living God, you are the teacher. You are the provider. Jesus, you are the healer. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would teach us in this time. We ask that you would release your divine healing power and grace so that even as this word goes forward, people are going to be healed. People are going to be delivered. People are going to be set free. There are those that might not have a, 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 a healing situation, but they've got some other challenges in their lives. But you are the God of all grace. Father, I ask that you would give them answers. I ask that you would give them wisdom. I ask that you would show them the steps that they need to take. It might be different from someone else, but you're going to cause them to know in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I ask these things in faith, knowing that you are able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. I ask this in faith, knowing that you are able to cause all grace to abound towards each and every one so that they might have all sufficiency. You are their sufficiency. You are their wisdom. You are their answer. And Jesus, you are their healer. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, um, in this message today, now it is a follow-up to the last two messages where we've been talking primarily about the reality of the fact that who you are right now, once you are born again, the old person with his identity is dead and gone. You are not who you used to be. Your identity is not from your history. It is not from your race. It's not from your gender. It's not from the good or the bad things that have happened in your life. But your identity, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and you are a new creation. And you have divinity living on the inside of your born-again spirit. The scripture says, you are of God, little children. You are of God, little children. 
And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are born of God. You know, we have a life that there is animal life, there is plant life, there is life of the, uh, there's fish life. Well, there is a God life. That God life is called eternal life, and that is the life that you have. You have been raised up, and you are not a mere man, but rather you are a child of the living God. You are born of his spirit. You are born of his word, and you've got a brand new identity. In fact, you are royalty. You are not royalty based on some political appointment or something like that, because there are those that are royalty, but it comes from some kind of political uh, 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 arena. But you are royalty by ancestry. You are born of the Spirit of God. You are, a, you are part of the God family, and you are an associate of the Godhead. Amen? It, the Scripture says that in Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and Christ, and you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. So you are complete in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead dwells on the inside of you. You have partaken of God's divine nature and you have his DNA. So we've been talking about that divinity that is in your humanity that is a very, that is in some ways a definition of who you are. But now you see that divinity that is in your humanity, as that divinity is allowed to flow, then the works of God are accomplished. The glory of God that is in you, when that glory is released, when God's glory flows, healing and deliverance take place. We know the glory, the word of God says, Jesus says, Father, the glory you've given me, I've given them. That they might be one even as we are one. Jesus, the scripture says, Jesus did not just come to get us saved and get us born again and get us a plane ticket and a visa to heaven, but he came to bring many sons to glory. And that glory of the Lord is on the inside of you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14 says that you have obtained the glory. The, the word of God says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now that glory of God is the very essence of God's being. That glory of God is the manifested goodness of God. That glory of God is how marvelous, how wonderful, how, how dynamic. It is his beauty. It is all of, his, all of God that God is is, 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 the, is, is is within that glory. But that glory is not only a noun. That glory is a verb. And when that glory flows, power moves. There is power. There is healing. There is deliverance. Jesus said to, to, um, to Lazarus' sister that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. It also says in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 that Jesus was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. That glory of God, that life of God, that power of God, that spirit of God that is in you. When that flows, healing and deliverance take place. Problems are solved. I say that to you so that you can know, number one, that you've got divinity inside your humanity. But number two, as that divinity flows, healing flows. Deliverance flows. Hallelujah. So today we are, today we are making a little shift and we are talking about how to apply the sacrifice of Christ for your healing, but also to produce deliverance and, and, and victory in any area of your life. There are two objectives in today's message. Number one, how do you apply the sacrifice of Christ so that you can function and be established in righteousness? How do you apply the sacrifice of Christ so that you can be 
you can function in righteousness and you can be established in righteousness. That's the first objective. The second objective of this message is how do you apply the sacrifice through righteousness so as to produce and manifest the healing that you've got a right to? How do you apply the sacrifice to flow in righteousness and produce healing, deliverance? Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you a quick overview of Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says that by one man's offense, which is Adam, death came upon man. And you see, the scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scripture says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life is that divine life that is inside your born-again spirit. So what happened is, when Adam sinned, it caused death. It caused separation. Separation from God. And also too, it also caused a separation from the glory of God. But now the sacrifice of Christ has come to correct that. Jesus went to the cross to undo the works of the devil. To reverse all of the misery and all of the, 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 the negativity and the wrong things and curse that came into the earth. So Jesus came to reverse and instead of us being separated, that we might be one with him. Instead of us being separated from the glory, that that glory of God might come and be on the inside of us. Christ is now in you when you're born again as the hope of glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Jesus in his sacrifice corrected all of that. So that once you are born again, what happened, it is no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lived in you. And the life you now live is the life of Christ, and you come into that oneness. You come into that oneness. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. Christ is in God. God is in you. Jesus said in John 14, verse 20, that in that day they shall know that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me, and that I am in you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, By one man offense, death, separation, lack of glory came upon all men. But then it says, How much more they which receive the abundance of grace and receive the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So here is what I want us to see. The number one, you, the, the, the um, the sacrifice of Christ and what Jesus did, what it does, what it, what it has done is that it makes the grace of God, abundance of grace available to you. But you've got to receive that. It makes the gift of righteousness available to you. But you've got to receive that. Amen? The gift of righteousness is because of the sacrifice. You see, when Romans says in 5.17, receive that, that you might receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness and that you might reign, reign in life, by one Jesus Christ. What does it mean by one Jesus Christ? It means by virtue of what Jesus has done. What has Jesus done? The sacrifice. So it is saying that you might receive the abundance of grace, receive the gift of righteousness, by virtue of the sacrifice of Christ. So the sacrifice of Christ is because of the sacrifice of Christ that abundance of grace that you need to receive, that the gift of righteousness that you need to receive is available to you. So, so it's all because of the sacrifice. Say, because of the sacrifice. Amen? All right. Now, well, let's talk a little bit about this grace for a moment. Now, this grace is several things. 
This grace is unmerited favor. This grace is God's ability and provision. But this grace is also God divinity living on the inside of you. Where God himself is your sufficiency. But let's look at it from a different perspective. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, that even though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. So on account of the grace, what has happened is, there has been a great exchange. Instead of sin, God Jesus became everything you were, that you might become everything he is. It is called, it is called God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus became everything you were that you might be made everything he is and you need to receive it. Jesus became sin that you might be made righteousness of God in Christ. You need to receive that. Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. You need to receive that. Jesus took the shame. He took the shame so that you would be free from shame. Jesus took, took, took the curse. Why? So that you might be redeemed from the curse of the law and that you might have the blessing. You need to receive that. You need to recognize that the blessing of the Lord is mine. You need to recognize that I have received the gift of righteousness. I am made the righteousness of God in Christ. You need to recognize that I can lift up my face without spot, without shame. I am holy. I'm accepted in the sight of God. You need to recognize, you need to recognize Jesus took your sicknesses and disease. Why? So that by his stripes you might be healed and have his health. All of that exchange, instead of sickness, you got health. Now, you might say, I don't have it manifested in my body. You might say, I don't have the prosperity manifested in my bank account. You might say that they're still ridiculing me and calling me names, and I still have this feeling of shame. Well, let me tell you something. You may not have it manifested in the, in, in the physical realm and in the, and in the natural realm, but you've got it manifested in your spirit. The word of God says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So in your spirit, you've got all the prosperity. You've got all the healing. You've got all the deliverance. You've got all the boldness. You've got all the love of God. You have got all the he It's all in your spirit. However, in order to get it to the outside, it takes faith. And the way faith works, you have got to believe and you've got to confess that it's so. Philemon says that your faith will work when you acknowledge what you have. Every good thing that is in you in Christ. What does acknowledge mean? You've got to recognize it. You've got to proclaim it. So when you begin to declare that this is one of the every spiritual blessings I have. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. This is one of the blessings that I have. Healing belongs to me by his stripes I'm healed. This is one of the blessings that I have. The Lord is my source and my provision. And I've been given all things. I have obtained an abundant inheritance. All my needs are met. You have got to talk that way. Healing belongs to me. You see, when you talk that way, but then what happens is you are agreeing with God. You are agreeing with the word that is settled in heaven. You are agreeing with what is already finished. And when you agree with what is settled in heaven, and when you agree with God, the power of God is released to bring fulfillment to, to, to that which you and God agree in. When you and God agree is touching anything, it's going to be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven, Jesus said. So you are calling those things that be not as though they are. You are calling it the way it is in the realm of the spirit. And when you do that, that's how faith works. And then guess what? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
So when you're calling the things that don't exist here the way they exist in the realm of the spirit, faith will come on the scene, be released, and cause manifestation. And as you hold fast to your confession, that healing is made manifested. The finances begin to happen. Amen? So what am I saying? I am saying that, that one of the things is that the, that, the, that the sacrifice of Christ has given to you and I is grace. And as part of the understanding of that grace is that there has been a great exchange. Jesus became everything you were, that you might be everything he is. He became poor that you might be rich. He became sick that you might be whole. Are you with me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. But what else happened? You receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. You got to receive it. What is this? This righteousness is because of the sacrifice. Paul said, it says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, Jesus became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You made the righteousness of God in Christ because of the sacrifice. And Paul said that the way he becomes established and functional in that righteousness is by applying the sacrifice. He said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 that I might be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but the righteousness which is by the faith of Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore verse 10, Philippians 3 verse 10 I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to be made conformable unto his death. And then later on in verse 18 in Philippians chapter 3, he's going to talk about the fact that he embraces the cross. He embraces the cross. So what am I saying? I'm saying this very gift of righteousness, you being made the righteousness of God in Christ, is because of the sacrifice of Christ. So if it's all because of the sacrifice of Christ, then it means that if we are going to function and have that abundance of grace functional in our lives and have that righteousness functional in our lives, we must focus on the sacrifice. And we must apply it. We must do it. In other words, if there is such a thing as doing the sacrifice, then you got to do the sacrifice. What is the sacrifice of Christ? The sacrifice of Christ is what Jesus did when he came to this earth lived a perfect life, went to the cross, died, was buried, was resurrected, ascended to the Father's right hand, shed his blood so that we could be washed from our sins. That's what the sacrifice of Christ is. The sacrifice of Christ is not only the cross. It's not only the shed blood. It is, it is not only that Jesus died. But the sacrifice of Christ, now let me share this with you, technically speaking, has eight elements. And it has two sides of the sacrifice. The two sides of the sacrifice, the first side is what God did for you and for me in Christ and by his sacrifice. The, what God did for us by sending Jesus to the cross. And there are five elements, five things to that first, to that God side of the sacrifice. And this is what it is. Number one, Jesus died. Number two, Jesus was buried. Number three, Jesus was resurrected. Number four, Jesus shed his blood. Number five, Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand. So Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus was resurrected, Jesus ascended, and Jesus shed his blood. He did that for all of the human race. But now, here is what happened. When Jesus went to the cross, according to Colossians 2 verse 12, God took the entire human race and placed them in Christ. 
and by the faith of the operation of God. God did this. The entire human race was in Christ. And we thus judge that when Jesus died, when, when, that when Jesus died, all died. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. So what happened? The entire human being race was in Christ. They died with him. They were buried with him. They were resurrected with him. While you were dead in trespasses and sins, he raised you up together. He, they ascended with him, and the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf. However, even though that is the case, no human being can receive any benefit from any of that until they receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so that's the second side of the sacrifice. It's, it's not just what God did for us, but what he did with us. What did he do? He placed us in Christ. Know ye not? It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, that as many that has been baptized into Christ, you were baptized and immersed into his death, and you were buried with him by baptism unto death, and you were raised up together with him, you ascended with him, and you shed his blood with him. So the first side is what God did for us in the sacrifice, but the second side is what God did with us in the sacrifice. And that is what we celebrate when we have communion. It's a common union. It's an intimate participation and share in what Jesus did in his, in, in his body and in his blood. What Jesus did in his, in his sacrifice. So, here is what I'm saying. Those first elements, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and his shed blood. When, what happened is that that was done for the whole human race. But no one receives the benefit of that until they accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. But once you accept Jesus as the Savior and Lord, then for you, you have been crucified with Christ. You have been buried with him. That old man and that old nature is gone. And then you were resurrected with him. And you ascended with him. And you were made to sit together with him in heavenly places at the Father's right hand. And you were washed by his blood. All your sins are forgiven and remitted and everything else. But there is something else that happens. Once you receive Jesus, you get those five elements of the sacrifice, but you also get three more, which is number six. You get the authority of Jesus himself. That is, and the name of Jesus now belongs to you. And you, can, you will have life through that name. Whatever you do, you can do in that name. You can pray and come to, before the throne of God in that name. You can lay hands on the sick in that name. You can cast out devils in that name. But that is only available to the one that receives Jesus as Savior and Lord. So number six, you get the authority of Christ and you get the name of Jesus. And then number seven, Jesus comes and lives on the inside of you. And that life of Christ becomes your life. The scripture says in Colossians 3, verse 3 and 4, you are dead and now your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you appear with him in glory. So the life of Christ becomes yours. It is now Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2, verse 20 says, you were crucified with Christ and it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that liveth in you. And the life that you now live, is the life of Christ and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. So that number seven element of the sacrifice is the life of Christ that now it belongs to the believer. And as Jesus is, so are you. And then number eight, the word and all of the promises of God, they also belong to you. So here is the deal. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness is all yours 
because of the sacrifice. And when you apply those eight elements of the sacrifice, then what happens? You will have more and more grace showing up. You will have more and more of the ability and the provisions of, 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 the, of what Jesus did showing up in your life. It would mean that you would have more of, of, of the reality. You'll be able to function in righteousness, be established in righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, that is so today. The thing is, how do we apply these eight elements so that we can, so that we can function in righteousness and so that we can also have healing manifest in our lives? Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now, before we start um, um, itemizing the application of the sacrifice so that you could function in righteousness and so that you can also um, manifest your healing, let me just share this briefly. What is the essence of this righteousness? Because you see, Romans chapter 5 verse 21 will tell us that grace flows through righteousness. So the grace is great, but the righteousness needs to be in place for that to flow. So we must major in righteousness, but we must also major in the sacrifice that gives it all to us. Does that make sense? All right. So what is the sacrifice? What is the righteousness? Very simply, the central aspect or understanding of righteousness is this. It's the oneness that you've got with God in Christ. Oneness. Say oneness. Say it again. You see, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And Jesus said, and, and, and it also says in Hebrews 2, verse 11, he that sanctifies and they that are sanctified are one. Jesus is the head, we are the body. The head and the body are one. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. The vine and the branch are one. The life that is in the vine is the same life in the branch. So the reality, the central core meaning, essence, understanding of righteousness is the oneness that you have with God in Christ. Jesus said, Father, the, Jesus says, I've given them your glory. Why? What for? So that they might be one even as we are one. Hallelujah. That is the important thing. Now, what does that oneness look like? Here is what that oneness looks like as Jesus is. The righteousness of God looks like Jesus and his operation. In fact, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, Christ is made unto you righteousness. Christ is made unto you righteousness. 1 John 4 17 says, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. You are one with him. He is your life. You've got his name. Now, coming out of that oneness, what you have is number two. And I'm talking about understanding what this righteousness is. The righteousness is oneness. And number two, the righteousness is the authority of Jesus. It is the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus is, is represented or captured in the name of Jesus. Jesus and his name are one. The scripture says in Matthew 18 verse 19, In my name there I am in the midst of them. The name of Jesus is the authority of Jesus. So, and Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and in earth. The name of Jesus is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. The name of Jesus is authority by which you come to the throne of God with boldness and with confidence. 
The name of Jesus is the authority by which you're able to take authority over the principalities and powers and, the, and cast out devils. The name of Jesus is the authority by which you are to live and, and live and take every step and every breath in this life. Because it says, it says, whatsoever you do, do all in the name, in the person, in the authority of Christ. Hallelujah. So the second element is authority. Authority. There was a centurion who came to Jesus and said, and said uh, my servant is, 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 is at the point of death. All right? He said, my servant, I, 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 need, you know, I need my servant to be healed. And Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house and heal him. And the centurion, this is in Matthew 8, says, you don't have to come to my house. Speak the word only and my servant will be male. You don't need to come to my house. I know I understand authority. I have soldiers on me. And I tell them, do this or do that. And they do it. And I know you've got authority. You, all you got to do is speak the word only. And Jesus thought, wow, I've not seen this kind of faith anywhere else. What was so impressive about that? This man understood authority. This man understood that Jesus' word was just as if he was present. Jesus' name is just as if he was present. So this is what you and I must capture. That that name of Jesus and the person of Jesus are one. You have the same authority that Jesus have in his name. If demons are going to bow to, to, to the person of Christ, then demons must bow to the name of Jesus when it comes out of your lips. If sickness and disease must flee at the presence of Jesus, then sickness and disease must flee when you show up with authority in the name of Jesus. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Peter said to the man that was, that was lame at the gate of beautiful in Acts chapter 3, he says, such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He says, such as I have in the name of Jesus. In other words, he has the name of Jesus and he's going to use it. And he said to the man, get up and walk. Why? Because the power of the person of Christ is in that name. Even the demon spirits that, that the sons of Sceva tried to cast out, they said, you, we're not going to let you cast us out. You can't cast us out. Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but who are you? They understood that Paul, when Paul cast out devils, it was in that name. So you and I need to know that. Because don't forget, you've got to receive this righteousness. You've got to receive this oneness. You've got to take this fact that the authority of the name of Jesus is mine. Hallelujah. People get married. The wife uses her husband's name. She signs his name and everything else. They share the same credit. Why? What's that? Because that name belongs to them through covenant. Well, the name of Jesus belongs to you, both by the covenant, by the covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Then there's a third aspect to the, the issue of righteousness, and it's rights. You've got rights. Why? You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are an heir of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are a citizen of heaven. So there are rights and privileges that belong to you. The promises of God details what they are. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But you've got a right, so you've got to have that confidence. You see, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Why? Because the righteous understands his righteousness. He understands the authority he has. He understands the oneness with God he has. He understands that by covenant, God backs him up. Of course, he'll be confident. Proverbs 28, verse 1, the righteous are as bold and as confident as a lion. First John 4, 17 says, 
that we might have confidence in the day of judgment. Why? Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. That's what this righteousness looks like. It's this oneness. It is the life of Christ. Being your life is this oneness with Christ. So you have that oneness, you have that authority, and you have those rights. And then furthermore, it is also number four, right standing. The scripture says in Romans chapter 5 verse 9 that you've been justified by the blood. What does that mean? It means that because of the blood of Jesus in the sight of God, you are just as if you never sinned. How could that be? Because by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, the scripture says in Colossians 2 and verse 13 that all your sins have been forgiven. And again in Hebrews 8 verse 12 and 9 verse, verse 17, God says their sins, I will, I will not remember their sins anymore. And where there is remission of these, there is no more offering for sin. So in the sight of God, there is no record of any of your wrongdoing. Does that mean you could just get away and do sin? No. If you go ahead and you be sinful, number one, your conscience will accuse you. And when your conscience accuses you, you can't have confidence towards God and your faith will collapse. So you don't fool around with sin. If you mess up and you sin, what do you do? You confess your sin so that God could cleanse you by the blood of Jesus from any sense of unrighteousness. So that you can maintain that conscious, bold, presence of God of you before the presence of God so it's not a license to sin but understand this your sins past present and future have been forgiven the reason you don't wallow in sin because when you do you open up the door and you give the devil access to your life and the Bible says don't give no place to the devil blessed be the name of the Lord but it is not because, God, you're under condemnation. No, you're not. Here is the deal. Jesus took the punishment for every sin that you could ever commit. For any human being, Jesus took the punishment for all sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. God saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied. And the scripture says that when we understand what he accomplished in his sacrifice, when we understand that, when we understand that God saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied and he took the iniquity of us all, then what will happen? By the knowledge of him, my righteous servant will justify many. Isaiah 53 verse 11. My righteous servant, Jesus, will make just those that will believe the sacrifice. So that God could treat them just as if they never sinned. Their sins have been forgiven. They're now free from guilt. They are free from shame. They are free from condemnation because the building is condemned when it's not fit for anybody to live in and you got to tear it down. But you see, when you get born again, God has recreated the building on the inside of your spirit so that your born again spirit is a new creation. It's like a, you know, you can't put old wine in new wine skin or new wine in old wine skin. God has recreated your spirit and that is his temple. That is where he lived. It's been constructed not by man, but it's been constructed Instructed by the Holy Ghost. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's the circumcision not made with hands, but by the Spirit of the living God, so that inside your born-again spirit that has been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, that has been created by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, it has a condition wherein God in all of His might and all of His majesty, with all of the fire of His glory, with all of His excellence and all of His power, is able to live on the inside of your spirit, and that spirit is sealed by the Holy Ghost, so it cannot be contaminated. 
So you cannot be condemned. How? Because who is he that will condemn you when it is Jesus that has died and God has justified you? The punishment has already been paid. God cannot punish the same sin twice. Jesus took the punishment. That would make God unlawful. That would make God unrighteous. So there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this fourth element of righteousness. This fourth comprehension that you are in right standing with God. According to Colossians 1 verse 22, in his presence you are holy. You are without blame. You are without fault. But what does that mean? No condemnation. No guilt. No shame. No insecurity. No inferiority. How can you be inferior when you have God's divine nature? And you are an associate of the Godhead. How can you be inferior? How can you be insecure when God says he's got your back? When God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because my righteousness is of, because your righteousness is of me. How can you be insecure when he's given you power and authority over all the works of the enemy so that nothing shall by enemies hurt you? How can you be insecure? Hallelujah. How can you have fear? When the word of God says, fear not. Why? I am with you. I never leave you. I never forsake you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I'll put you over. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. What am I saying? This fourth element, this fourth element of righteousness is right standing. Which means no condemnation, no guilt, no shame, no insecurity, no, no in inferiority or any other such thing. But now you see, this righteousness, you've got to take it. You've got to receive it. You've got to believe it. With a heart man believes unto righteousness. And with a mouth confession. So you got to confess, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You got to confess, I'm one with him. You've got to confess, my sins are forgiven. You've got to confess that I'm accepted in the beloved. You've got to confess that I'm free from guilt and shame and insecurity and inferiority. You got to confess I'm as bold as a lion. You got to confess the authority of the resurrected Lord and Jesus belongs to me. You've got to confess I'm functioning from the place of ascension. And that's far above all principalities, powers, my dominion. No matter what the situation is, I'm above only and never beneath. That's what the revelation and the impact of the righteousness of God as it permeates your thinking and your spirit. The scripture says that you are to have the whole spirit of your mind renewed and put on the new man who is created in righteousness and true holiness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now this thing is dynamic. Why? Because you see, healing flows from there. First Peter chapter 2 verse 4, you're dead to sin, but you live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. Healing comes with righteousness. Righteousness delivers from death, Proverbs chapter 11 verse 4. All right, now enough said about that. So what I've just said is, there are four comprehensions of righteousness. Oneness, authority, um, rights, and right standing. And I said there are eight elements of the sacrifice. Death, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, his name, his life, and his word. All right. Now, so you get, you're established when you practice that I'm crucified with him. I'm buried with him. And I act like I'm crucified. You see, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. But as Jesus is, that's all you need to be in this world. In other words, you got to act like it is so. That you are as Jesus is. 
You got to uh, you want to apply the sacrifice to walk in righteousness, to walk in oneness. You got to practice that I'm crucified with him. It's no longer I. I died with him. I'm buried with him. Oh, you bring something up from my past, it's passed away. <laughs> All things have passed away. It doesn't have nothing to do with me. All those things that were against me, whatever they may be, they died and buried and ended by death and burial. The sickness and disease that could try to afflict my body, I'm dead to it. Why? Because he bore my sicknesses. He carried my diseases. And by his stripes I was healed. And let me tell you something. That happened before the cross. When Jesus was whipped, remember that? On the whipping force, that was by your stripes. That happened before he went to the cross. That happened in death and burial. So death and burial put an end to that. But you got you to believe this. I got to believe I am one with him. I have to believe and I got to act like I died with him. I got to act like indeed. Self is gone, it's no longer I. I got to act that is buried. That means it's permanent. It's done. You see? You can have somebody die and you could, I don't want to say anything about people having stuff in an urn, but you, you could have somebody die and if you don't bury it, bury that person, they're there. Every now and then you're reminded, uh-oh, is he looking? <laughs> All right. But what do you do? You bury them to get rid of the body. You know, I had a lady one time was having some issues, some challenges in, 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 and, um, and, 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 and her her whoever it was that had abused her or done something bad to her and it had really stained her, it affected her memory and her mind significantly. She was in a place of, even though people prayed for her and this and that, and she couldn't get out of it. And I had an opportunity to minister to her. And the Lord, the Lord told me to do this. Let her take a piece of paper, toilet paper, and, and on that toilet paper, write down the name of the person and let it represent all of that mess, what they did. Because you see, that person had already died. She could not go back to them and say, hey, please forgive me or I forgive you. She couldn't have that communication. So but the Lord tell me, let her get a piece of toilet paper, put that person's name in it, and let's pray over it so that all of these issues connected with that person that is dead and gone, we connect it and we use that toilet paper as a point of contact and then once we finish praying for her to take it, go to the washroom, go to the toilet, and flush it. And so from there on, she knows it's gone. It's gone. That toxic issue is gone, never to show up again. You see, that is what burial is supposed to do. All those things that were against you, all those things that were to pass, the burial settles it. But you got to believe that way. With a heart you believe unto righteousness. You got to believe you're resurrected. To believe I'm resurrected means, what does that mean? I'm raised up together with him. I have a new life. And it also means that same power, that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. And I'm ascended. What does that mean? It means that I'm, I might be standing here, but in my spirit, I'm at the Father's right hand in Christ. Where is that? Far above. Whatever. I got to believe that. I got to talk that way. I got to think that way. You see, the scripture says, when your conversation is ordered aright, you will see the salvation of God. What do you mean conversation? When you're thinking, you're believing, your attitudes, your action, your speaking, when it's in agreement with God and it's right, 
you'll see the salvation. You're going to see the deliverance. You're going to see the wholeness. You're going to see the preservation. You're going to see the prosperity. That's Psalm 50 verse 23. Well, in the New Testament, in Philippians 1.27, it puts it differently. It says, when your conversation becometh the gospel, which means what? When your conversation, your thinking, your believing, your speaking, your attitudes, your action, when they are consistent with the gospel, which is the sacrifice, and which is Christ in you, when you're thinking, you're believing, you're speaking, your actions, your attitudes, when they are consistent and in harmony, with the reality that Christ lives in you, divinity in your humanity. When it's consistent and in harmony with the sacrifice, death, burial, resurrection, ascent, what will happen? Deliverance, freedom. Are you with me? I'm imploring you that I'm talking about the application of the sacrifice, the eight elements, so you could be established, you could function in righteousness, and as you do it repeatedly, by practice you become established in it, and at the same time, and in just a moment, healing power gets released. So you got to believe the resurrection. You got to believe you ascended with him. You got to believe by his blood, I've been washed, I've been cleansed. I mean, there are people, sometimes we got stuff that is hereditary sickness. Is hereditary sickness real? Does it run in a particular family? Yes, it's real. But it doesn't have to be real for you. Why not? For the simple reason that when you are born again, all of that human identity came to an end. According to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. And now you've been redeemed unto God. And now it says, in, it says in James 2 verse 6, the life of the spirit, the body without the, the body without this faith without works is dead, and the body without the spirit is dead. The life that your life source is no longer the blood. Your life source is the spirit of God and your, that is flowing out of your spirit. Romans 8 verse 11 says, Though that, that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Romans 8 verse 10 says, Your spirit is pregnant with life, with healing, with health, and wholeness. Why? Because of righteousness. Because of your oneness with God in Christ. Because that life in the vine is in the branch. And the Spirit of God will quicken your mortal body. And you can function in that according to Romans 8 verse 2. Because the law that governs that life that you have in Christ is the law of faith. Believing and speaking. And when you do, it will make you free from the law of sin and death, sickness and disease. So what am I saying here? I'm saying there now that now you got to believe that blood. you got to act like, yes, that blood has broken all that hereditary stuff. All that generational curse is broken by that blood. I don't live by that anymore. That has no authority over me. Yes, diabetes might run in the family. Yes, high blood pressure might run in the family. Yes, this might happen or that. But no, no, no. I'm a new creation. I got a new bloodline. My bloodline is from heaven. My bloodline is from Jesus. I am redeemed out of every curse, of every sort. I don't accept that. You say, can you talk like that? Yes, I can talk like that. God's word tells me that I have what I say. If I believe what I say shall come to pass and I say it, that's how faith works. Faith is bold. The righteousness which is of faith speaks. It doesn't say, Jesus, come up. Jesus, come down. No, it says the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. The right conduct of faith has boldness. It has tenacity. Why? It's speaking from the place of ascension, which is far above. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This faith is born out of righteousness. We have received like precious 
faith as all the apostles. How? Through, through what? Righteousness. Second Peter 1 verse 1. <laughs> Amen. So you got to believe this. So you believe that. And then what? So you shut down certain things. And then you believe the life. You believe the word. You believe the authority. Amen. So now let me just shift here and I'm going to close here. So now let's quickly see. Now that we understand the four dimensions, the four comprehensions of righteousness, the oneness, the authority, um, the rights, and the right standing, which is freedom from condemnation, guilt, and shame, and we understand the eight elements of the sacrifice, then let's see how, and I just kind of mentioned a little bit, that when you practice that I'm dead, I'm buried, I'm resurrected, I'm ascended, I'm washed by his blood, I'm made a righteousness of God in Christ. This is the life I now have, is the life of Christ. The name of Jesus belongs to me. All of these promises and the word of God are mine. When you live that place and you talk that way, you will function in righteousness. And the more you do it continually, the more you become established in it, period. So now I'm just taking it to one step further. How do we do that? Function in righteousness and do what? Drive out sickness and disease and even live in the van health, all right? So let's just do that briefly. In fact, you know what? I'm going to just, yeah. Okay, let me just sh speak this to you, and then, I'm gonna, and then we're going to pray. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Is this sweat? <laughs> or is this anointing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, so quickly, and I kind of mentioned this as some of us as I was talking. Death and burial. Righteousness, um, the oneness, part of the oneness in right now. Let me not go there. Okay. Okay, let's just keep it on the healing side. Because of death and burial, and because of, because of death and burial, the sickness, the disease was dealt with on that side of the cross. And because of that, now listen to this, Ephesians 5 verse 30. Now this is a very great scripture if you want to live in divine health. Says that we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Jesus' body, I'm a member of his body and his flesh of his bones. What does that mean? Well, that means 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. He is made unto you redemption. Christ is my redemption. Christ is not just my healer. Now listen to this. This is wild, but it's the truth. The way you measure it. I'm saying to this, okay, I could very well say from a prophetic standpoint of revelation. Christ is not only your healer, but Christ has become your health. And you are a member of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For that reason, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. That if any, any man or anything violates this temple, he will destroy it. And then it says again in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21. That when you, can, when you recognize your citizenship in heaven... And when you are looking to Jesus as the savior of your body. And your conversation is in heaven. It says when you do that, then what will happen is that Christ in you will rise up. And he will exhort 
power. How much power can he exhort? He will exhort power. And listen to this. He will make your vile body that it would be according to his glorious body. He will do that. What does that mean? That is saying that Jesus lives inside of you. Does he live inside of you? That's easy to believe. Well, he's the hope of glory. What does that mean? That was, was what? That was Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. So here is what it is. Christ is in you. Sickness is trying to get to you. You are now stepping into a place of living in divine health. You are confessing that law of the spirit of life in Christ dominates me. This is who I am. Jesus, I'm a member of his body and his flesh. And something is going to try to manifest in your body. You don't even know about it, but he does. So what he said? He said that he will rise up. And check it out in the Amplified. He will exhort power. And he will, oh, in fact, let me quote it correctly. And he will subdue. He will subdue everything and make it obedient to him and make it to be like his glorious body. That's called the God of all peace, bruising, sickness and disease underneath your feet. Hallelujah, man. Anyway, <laughs> we're just talking about the death and the burial part. Just the death and the burial and applying that to sickness and disease. Now, for the sake of time, as I'm speaking these things, and as I'm declaring this, I'm going to speak these things to you right now. I am releasing my faith as I'm speaking, so that as the word comes, the word is spirit, the word is life. God sent his word to heal you. So I'm speaking this, and I'm releasing the power of God. I'm speaking to that life of the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you, Christ within you, that Christ that raised Lazarus from the dead. I'm speaking that Christ rising up with his power and releasing power and destroying any kind of infirmity in your body so as to make your body like his glorious body, free from sickness and disease because of what he finished in death and burial and because you and him are not one. All right. And then there is resurrection. Glory to God. Ooh, do we talk about resurrection? <laughs> Being born again to a new and a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is just suffice to say, when you talk about resurrection, you're talking about power. And ascension. The name of Jesus is above every name. The name of Jesus is above every name. It is higher than things in heaven, things on earth. And things under the earth, above every name. So it doesn't matter. Somebody has some strange sickness. The, 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 the doctors are trying to come up with a name and a diagnosis. It is called sickle cell anemia. It is called cancer. It is called this. It is called some bone disease. It is called whatever some misfunction within cells. It is called heart rhythm out of whack. Whatever the name of it might be. Whatever I don't even know those names. But this I do know. The name of Jesus is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So I don't care what kind of sickness, what kind of disease. Yes, I care. I care from a compassion standpoint. And for that reason, I'm here and I'm going to release the power of God to destroy whatever that is. In Jesus' name, I declare the power of the name of Jesus right now so that whatever that infirmity might be, whatever that disease is called, whatever the name of it is, I command it, bow to the name of Jesus now in Jesus' name. And I speak this from where I am in the place of ascension. 
Glory to God. The power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know why, but I hear growths. Growths be removed in Jesus' name. I curse every tumor. And I command you, die. Get out of their bodies in Jesus' name. Cancer, I curse you. I command you, die and get out of their body. You spirit of death that want to take that one away earlier in their life before they, before they fulfill their destiny, I break that spirit of death off of you now and I command you, lose them in the name of Jesus. You spirit of cancer, go in Jesus' name. You spirit of infirmity, I command you, go get out of their life in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I command you, Obey, I said, in Jesus' name. So there is that ascension that is connected to your healing. And then there is the blood that breaks every, every, every hereditary, every whatever kind of curse in Jesus' name. And then there is the name, oh, glory to God. John chapter 20 and verse 31 says, for those of us who believe, we have life in his name. And then there is the life. How great is that life of Christ. In that life is all is the glory of God. Christ in you the hope of glory. When Christ who is your life shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now that life. Oh that life. That life. When the life is unveiled. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 says. He brings life and he brings life and light and immortality to life through the reality of the gospel Christ in you and the sacrifice. In the name of Jesus. Immunity in Jesus' name. Now I want to pray with you concerning that life right now. Because the word of God, the word of the word of God, the word of God says. That out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's the life flowing. The word of God says in Romans chapter 5 verse 10. That while you were dead, he reconciled you to God. How much more? Now this is only for believers. How much more? Now that you are reconciled, how much more shall you be saved by his life? That includes healing. How much more shall you be healed by the life of Christ that is in you? That life is like a river. Out of it flows. And in, and in Ezekiel chapter 47, reading from verse 1, reading verse 9, reading verse 10, reading verse 12, that life flows from the sanctuary. You are his sanctuary. The water of life flows out of the sanctuary. And everywhere where that water goes, where there was sickness, healing takes place. It brings healing to the nations. It brings healing to your body. And in the name of Jesus right now, I release that river of life right now that it will flow to you. You say, but I'm on the next side of the earth. You say, but I'm not in the room with you. 
You say that, oh, I have to lay hands on you. Thank God for the laying on of hands. But there is that river of life, that eternal life, that life of divinity that is inside of our humanity that flows by the glory of God. And when that life flows, that life is eternal. That life does not have, is not defined and respect, restricted by time and space. It doesn't matter where in the earth you are. That life can reach you. That life is as eternal as God is eternal. So in the name of Jesus, I release that life right now that it would flow to you, that it would come into your body, that it would flow into your lungs and into your liver and into your heart and into your kidneys and that it would flow into every major organ, every minor organ, that it would flow into every system of your body. It would flow into your neurological system. It would flow into the system of your nerves. It would flow into your immune system. It would flow into every system, your bloodstream, all of that. Now in Jesus' name, and everywhere where this river goes, there is healing. There is wholeness. Now you keep that river flowing just by confessing and believing. Faith. I've got the river, and it is flowing continually. And then, of course, there's the word and the promises of God. The word and the promises of God. God sent his word and healed him. The word is health and medicine to all of your flesh. By these promises, we partake of his divine nature. So, Father, I just claim your word, the word of salvation, the word that did not return void, the word that accomplished that which you pleased, the word that came, and, the word, and what you sent him to do, he did, and it is done. So, in the name of Jesus, I declare the finished work of Christ. I declare healing power and virtue to my brother and to my sister. Wherever you are right now, you receive it in the name of Jesus, that God sent his word to heal them, and I'm sending that word into your body and I command your body, your temple from the crown of your head to the tip of your toes. I command your body, obey the word of God and be healed because Jesus bore every sickness and carried every infirmity and you are healed in the name of Jesus. Healed by the power of God in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That healing power is working in you. Connect with us. Let us know. Share your testimony with somebody. Amen. And now, get a hold of these things and practice. Practice the eight elements of the sacrifice of Christ. At least confess them. I'm dead with him. I'm buried. I'm resurrected. I'm ascended. I'm washed by his blood. I have his name. I have his life. And all of his word and promises are mine. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm one with him. I have his authority. I have rights. I'm in right standing. I'm free from condemnation, from guilt, from shame, from insecurity, from inferiority. Believe these things. Confess these things. And your faith becomes effective when you recognize and you proclaim the truths of God's word and especially what's on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Stay strong. Stay blessed. Thank you, Pastor Ian. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're wondering how you get in touch with us, you can reach us by phone, 905-549-3884. And the best way, go to our website, tlmh.ca. On the website, you know uh, the vision and the mission of the Lord's Ministry House in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can reach us by email at info at We are as close as you hear me now. So you can reach us anytime through the app, TLMHCA. You can text us. 
And we are here for you. You can connect with us also on our Bible studies on Tuesday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. I made a mistake. You can reach us Tuesdays and Wednesday on Zoom. And you can go to tlmh.ca forward slash live. And that's starting next month at August, in, August, in um, September. What is it? Okay, the first Tuesday and Wednesday of September, you can join us at 7 p.m. Because we're taking a break now for a couple of weeks, and you can join us in September, Tuesday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to tlmh.ca forward slash live and click on the Zoom link there for the day. You are blessed going out, coming in. Don't forget as you head out of that church, out of your home, reach someone for Christ Jesus. Even in your home, reach someone for Jesus. Lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. Be a life of God, of Jesus walking in this earth. You are the light of the world.